So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, my goodness, what an incredible, incredible couple of days it's been. As I'm recording this, this is um, the day after the launch of the last relapse, which has just been um, unbelievable, like an absolute smash. I can't believe the kind of response we got. Um, we did three launch parties, three Instagram lives specifically on launch day. They all went super well. I did a couple little bonus appearances on Facebook just to say hi to some friends and kind of enjoy it because, you know, we're in Jamaica and I mean, I have friends in Canada that I would be celebrating with in person for sure, but I also have friends around the world who, you know, regardless of where I am, I would not be able to necessarily spend the day with. So it was fun reconnecting and it was just fun to, you know, read a little bit from the book, share some of the stories behind the scenes. And then, uh, you know, we had some really cool launch parties with uh, two, two coaches and I don't know, leaders in this space I really respect. Uh, one guy, his name is John Franco. This guy's 20 years old. He's already helped almost 100 guys get free of porn and has like a, a, a really uh, world-class following on Instagram. And Joshua Broom, you guys know him very well. He was on the podcast. His interview is one of the most listened to episodes of all time here uh, on the podcast, and, and rightfully so. He's just He's got an incredible story. He's a guy that you want to hear more from, and uh, we had a really good time together. So that was fun, and then my wife actually threw me a surprise uh, celebration party with some of our close friends and family here in Jamaica, and that was totally unexpected and a really, really cool little treat. So um, it's been awesome. And I woke up this morning and I saw that the book is ranking on Amazon. Um, well, I shouldn't say, I should be more specific. It's been ranking on Amazon probably for the last week, uh, but it hit number one today. And so that's really cool. Um, super, super excited about that. And just thank you. Thank you guys so much for the support. I really, really appreciate it. So I had this moment yesterday, and this is this is going to lead into today's content. I had this moment yesterday at the the launch party, where you know we we had a couple different things going on. So like Shaloma had basically planned um, for us to you know have some food, and um, then she planned a little bit of like a, a toast section, and uh, so she gave people a chance to toast me and whatever else, and. It was really fun and she got my family from Canada. They were all on Zoom so they got to kind of toast me as well and uh, that was really cool and I gave a little speech and I read an excerpt from the book and oh man, it was like, it was by far the highlight of probably the last month for me uh, reading this excerpt because when you write a book, you don't you don't get a chance for your readers to really respond as you write it. It's, it's art, right? It's something creative. Uh, for those of you who write music, those of you who have uh, you know, maybe created plays, or you do creative writing yourself, or you paint, or you draw, or you know, if you do anything artistic, art takes time, and, and it takes a, a process. There's a journey to it, 
and you don't generally let people in during that journey um, because it, it, it's not finished, right? You want them to see the final result and it's cool afterwards to sort of show them maybe the in-between stages and the progress and everything. But when you're actually creating, you're just kind of mastering your craft. You're doing your thing and afterwards people get to see it. And of course, that's the scariest part because you don't know how people are going to respond, right? Because they haven't been giving you the feedback necessarily and not that feedback in between would really help. But I guess the point is you spend all this time pouring into it and at the end is when you kind of find out, okay, how is this thing actually landing? And again, for those of you who are marketers and stuff, I realize there's ways to obviously test your ideas, all that kind of thing. But uh, with something artistic, it's just it's just different when it gets revealed to the public. I think we can all agree on that. And and it's cool for me because I've had a couple friends and some family who you know got advanced copies of it, and some colleagues as well, like people who wanted to interview me for their podcast. So of course, you know they're they're writing me back and saying, "Bro, this is awesome! Wow, what a great book! You're a great writer!" Da 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 da. And I really appreciate it. But yesterday at the launch party, it was sort of a chance for me to, I guess, read it to people who don't know me as well. So obviously, uh, my family from Canada knows me super well. They've known, known me my whole life. But my, fa uh, my family and friends here in Jamaica are still getting to know me. And so, of course, they love me and they support me. But it was, um, it was a really cool moment. And they were laughing at my stories and, you know, really taking in some of the more uh, profound points of the section that I was reading. And I just had the time of my life. To me, it was so cool. It was like, oh, wow, they like it. You know, like, this is really fun. And so the, this is why, you know, guys, when, when podcasters ask for feedback or anybody who's doing something artistic asks for feedback, they really mean it because you pour so much into it and it's so rewarding to get uh, the feedback. You know, I think especially if you enjoyed it, obviously, if you didn't enjoy it, you can still get feedback and I'd just do it, you know, in a tasteful and kind way. But it was really fun and it inspired me and I realized what I want to actually do for probably the next couple of episodes, I don't know if we'll do this all week, but I want to read to you a few excerpts from the book and you know, my goal is not necessarily to sort of entertain you or whatever, it, this is a little bit of a different environment, I realize that, but I wanted to pick a, a couple just spots that I think have been probably some of the most impactful points that we have taught in our programs here. And certainly some of the stories that I really, really enjoy. And I will read that section in one of these episodes. It won't be today's, but I will read them in one of the episodes uh, that, that I read to all of Shalom's Jamaican friends and family. And you'll see kind of why they thought it was so funny. Uh, it's a really cool section. Today I'm going to read from um, an earlier part of the book, which is called Getting Emotionally Fit. And if you listen to some of the earlier episodes of this podcast, before we were even called Unleash the Man Within, uh, we were called 5-Minute Freedom initially and we rebranded to The New Man. And I think it was probably when we were, uh, re or we were branded as The New Man, we did a lot of content about emotional fitness. And th the whole concept is that our world is talking tons about emotional health and emotional intelligence. And you know, it's about time. I think anybody who has really gotten into the space, we can all breathe a sigh of relief that the world has finally caught up and they finally see the value of this. It's crazy because when I was studying in university in 2010, well, I started university actually in 2007. So 2007 to 2011. Um, in those years, in my psychology courses, they would talk about emotional intelligence all the time. And in academia, it was sort of this burgeoning topic but it hadn't really made it to the masses yet. I think it was starting to catch on, but what we've seen in the last 10 years is a dramatic increase in interest in the subject compared to you know what it was in the 
15 or 20 years prior that the concept had been um, had been in existence. So it's cool now that we're talking about it, but we try to take that concept to the next level actually with emotional fitness. And the whole idea behind emotional fitness is that you are not just healthy emotionally, but that you're actually fit. Because I can eat well and I can make sure I avoid junk food and that would probably make me a pretty healthy individual. But it doesn't mean that I'm fit. Being fit means that if I'm in more grueling conditions where I have to run, I have to sprint, I have to maybe use some, some muscle strength, that I'm apt to do so. And that's true of the physical body, but it's also true of the human heart, that we can be emotionally intelligent, aware of what's going on in our hearts, have a good understanding of, of emotions and everything that comes with it, be able to name them, be able to pick them up in other people and all that kind of stuff. But emotional fitness is the next level where it's not just that you have an understanding and an awareness and that you're doing some of the basic things, but it's that when you get thrown into major distressing situations, you can adjust, you can adapt. You, you have this fitness about you that says, yeah, I have the inner strength to respond to this. And when you're getting free of porn, this is a big deal, of course, because we know that when, when things are going well and you feel happy about life and fulfilled and the relationships are healthy, porn might be in the mix, but probably not to the same degree as when you're in distress, right? Like when things aren't going well and when you've hit a wall and when you're experiencing disconnection or, or disappointment or whatever it might be, those are often catalysts to watch pornography. We, we, have, we call it our, our BLT, when you're bored, lonely, and tired. Those are, those are the, the spaces where you have to be careful. But there's tons of other stressors that come along in life that will catalyze bad behavior. And when you're emotionally fit, what you're able to do is go through those circumstances and those conditions and still choose the healthy option. And it takes time. It, it does take conditioning, right? Like fitness does not develop overnight. You, you have to condition yourself again and again, uh, sub, kind of submitting yourself to the, uh, I don't know, the, the different difficulties, you know, whether it's weight training where you're, you're forcing yourself to kind of battle resistance or whatever else it might be. And so we talk a lot about you know emotional fitness and that's sort of the context of this segment that I'm about to read to you, which is called the emotional piggy bank. So you may have heard me talk about this concept before. We maybe have even done an episode on it a while back, but trust me, this is much more polished and uh, I really, really like the way this came out. So let me read it to you. This is emotional piggy bank. When I was five years old, my dad took me to the bank to open up my first account. I was so excited. I still remember getting a little blue balance book, a sample check, and of course, a piggy bank. Believe it or not, you can learn a lot about your emotions from a piggy bank. Truthfully, there are only two types of transactions for a bank account, withdrawals and deposits. Every transaction will boil down to one or the other. Every man has an emotional bank account, and every interaction with the world will boil down to the same categories, a withdrawal or a deposit. You have a frustrating conversation with a coworker that leaves you agitated. That is an emotional withdrawal. You go home and spend time with your kids who are elated to see you. That's an emotional deposit. Pretty simple. Draining experiences are withdrawals. Enriching experiences are deposits. Notice the language. We're not talking about positive versus negative experiences. Someone could confront you at work, which could be considered a negative experience or a withdrawal. However, if they do it in an honoring and healthy manner, 
then it is more likely an emotional deposit, even though the interaction involves some friction. The important question is, how does it impact you? Does it drain or enrich? A large part of emotional fitness is learning to balance your emotional bank account. When the sum of your withdrawals exceeds the sum of your deposits, you are in debt. This is not advisable. A lot of people mistakenly give too many people an access card to their accounts, leaving them depleted, burnt out, and in serious emotional debt. You will have to exercise principles number one, which is ownership, and number two, responsibility, effectively to properly manage your emotional bank account. In your relationships especially, you will need to identify what is in your inner circle and what is not. The people who access your inner circle should only access it because you gave them permission. When people start accessing your inner circle too much or they start demanding more than what the relationship can handle, this is when breakdowns start to happen. If you're the guy who's there for everyone no matter what, at every beck and call, I am sorry to say this, but you have allowed others too much access to your, your emotional bank account. You will likely struggle with compassion fatigue and eventually burn out. We tend to justify seemingly good deeds with statements like, they really need me, if I don't step in, who will? Or, oh, that's just their personality, it took some getting used to, but now I can handle it. If the sum of your withdrawals is in a given day, week, month, or year outweighs the sum of your deposits, you will struggle to get ahead in life, and you will certainly struggle to achieve emotional fitness. This is not permission to be a self-centered, narcissistic jerk who seeks only the betterment of himself. Your account should not be closed altogether either. All I am suggesting is that you take ownership of your emotional bank account and responsibly choose who gains access and when. Once you can do this, there is a much better chance your emotional books stay balanced. On the flip side, living with emotional surplus is a nice place to be. It means that even when you have a couple of bad days or a few taxing experiences, you still have currency to play with. We're talking about ideals here, so obviously there will be times where your balance goes negative. I get that. The reality is that as you open up to people and build relationships, you will at times find them taxing. They will take a toll. This isn't about guarding yourself so that withdrawals are never made. That is unrealistic. The goal is to live with as much surplus as possible and to build self-awareness of your bank balance so that when these seasons come, you can recover quickly and not run at a deficit for very long. People who experience emotional debt and do not recover eventually become bitter and resentful. They burn bridges and they shut down. One of the reasons people make poor choices is that they run on empty emotional bank accounts. If your needs don't get met or you overextend yourself, you become desperate to balance the books. It's an innate function. Whether or not you balance the books in a healthy way is up to you. Sadly, many men choose alcohol, drugs, pornography, women, video games, gambling, movies, and the like to take the edge off, to feel good again, to temporarily feel like everything is in order and that they are in control. Nothing could be further from the truth. This approach is like using a credit card to pay off pre-existing debt. You resolve the initial debt, but you've also created more debt in the process. Most of the clients I work with have learned this the hard way. A depleted emotional state leads them to engage with pornography to balance the books. Afterward, they feel a hundred times worse. Why? They used a withdrawal to pay off their withdrawals. To keep the books balanced, you have to be aware of what qualifies as a deposit. This will include finding healthy outlets, making meaningful friendships, having mentors, identifying your emotional patterns, and finding useful ways to process emotions when they arise. This doesn't have to become super touchy-feely, but, but you do have to start building awareness. Ask yourself, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? 
What will it look like to respond in a healthy way to what I'm experiencing? A little bit of self-inquiry can go a long way. So that's a little excerpt, guys. That is from chapter three, which is about getting emotionally fit. And we do a whole kind of deep dive into a bunch of different aspects. We talk about the validation cycle. We go a little bit more in depth on the, even just the definition of emotional fitness. We talk about journaling. It's awesome. It's a really, really good chapter. Uh, so if you wanna get your hands on it, um, this is available on all major platforms. Uh, we're number one bestseller on Amazon right now at the time of this recording. And we do have the audiobook available as well. So if you like the sound of my voice and you like the way that was coming across and you're like, hey, I can get on board with that, then it is available on Audible and it's also available on some of the other classic kind of uh, audio platforms for books. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this encourages you. I hope it helped you and gave you a little bit of taste of what this book is all about. And I wish you guys an incredible day. We'll talk very, very soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, it's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.